You're listening to Guinea Vegan Green. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Laura. And we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. This week on the podcast, we're talking about our experience with tracking our time for a whole week. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Guinea Pig and Green. Hi, Laura. Hey, how's it going? Good, really good. How are you? Good. Do you know what I was just thinking about while we were recording the intro? What? Is that in the beginning, like when we first started this podcast, it took Uh us so long to nail the intro every time. We would have to (laughs) re-record the intro five or six times every single time we recorded. Um... Anyways. Mostly mostly because of, like, giggling fits. I seem to remember we, like, laughed a lot at yeah. our voices in the intros. I also think that we could never get health, wellness, eco-friendliness right. <laughs> now we're old pros. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I was just thinking, we've come so far since the I days know. of having to record that five or six times. I know. We have... Um, speaking of coming far, um, I wanted to do a shout out, um, to our friends at the Red Tent Sisters for adding us to a list of their favorite podcasts last week, which is so cool. Yes. And we were just so grateful for that. Um, we love their, them and their work and obviously full disclosure, I work for them, but I work for them because I love their work so much. So we were super honored to be to make the list. So it was really, really cool. Yes. And the first time that Steph actually met them in person was when way back at the beginning of Guinea Pig and Green, when we recorded an episode on sexual wellness with them. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're just as nice as they seem in all their videos. So (laughs) we'll include a link to one of their videos in the show notes. so You can see how sweet they are. And the list. um, And the list. Yes. And the list. Um, but yeah, we are doing really well here at Getting Pig and Green. We had a little brainstorming session right before we started recording this episode, and we got a lot of exciting things in the works for our listeners. So we're excited to kind of grow the podcast a little bit and, um, and yeah, and think about all those big ideas. Yeah, and uh, we're really excited to share just a little sneak peek that Steph and I are planning a giveaway of one of our all-time favorite books, Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. Um, and more details will soon be coming out over the next few episodes on how you can win your own copy from us. So exciting. Um, yeah, we're super excited about that and lots of other big ideas. So, yay. Um, this week on the show, we're talking about a project that we embarked on recently that we mentioned in an earlier episode, which was that we were tracking our time in increments of 15 minutes for seven days, for a whole week, Monday through Sunday. Um, and today we're going to be sort of talking about what we learned from this experiment and what we're hoping to implement a little bit more of going forward. How did you feel about the experiment, Laura? I mean, part of me felt like it was a little unfair. <laughs> Wait, why? Uh, you know, I'm just making excuses for myself. Like, my boyfriend was gone for a few days, so my schedule was a little bit different than normal. I wouldn't normally watch two movies in an evening, but I did because he wasn't <laughs> here type thing. Um, right. But at the same time, I think that it also helped me realize that I am spending a lot of time on the things that I've intended to spend more time on. 
Um, That's good news. Yeah, so like dedicated time to working working on creative projects and reading, for example. Um, it's nice that I have I can actually see throughout my week that I have built in time for that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. One thing I wanted to mention of based on what you said, um, we started this experiment based on Laura Vanderkam's book, 168 Hours, Why You Have More Time Than You Think. And one thing that she mentions in the book is that often people are like, well, I want to send you more than one um, time tracking sheet because this week was a little strange for me, um, blah, 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 just like what you were talking about. But she maintains that there's no such thing as a typical week. Um, mm-hmm. And there's always things coming up for us that we couldn't have anticipated. And no week is exactly the same as the last. So in her view, you can learn a lot from any given week because no week is ever going to be the same as the one before. Um, so hopefully that all sort of <laughs> ease your nerves a little bit about the fact that you watch more TV than you normally would have. But, no, absolutely. Yeah. I love that you were noticing that you were actually doing the things you wanted to do. That's awesome. Yeah. And as much as I like to think that it wasn't a typical week, I think that there were a lot of patterns that I was able to see when I actually laid out um, my 15 minute increments, like in the calendar format that it comes in. Mm-hmm. She, she has this wonderful downloadable PDF that I printed out and I recorded everything by hand. Um, but when you have that vi- visualization of what your week looks like, there were patterns that I was able to see from that week that I know happen every single week. Um, yeah. even if I want to claim that it's not typical. So for example, I noticed the time that I go to bed, like slopes downward throughout the week. So I actually go to bed at my ideal time earlier on in the week, and then it starts to get a little bit later um, throughout, which I found really interesting because it doesn't matter that I wake up at the same time every day. But um, that's one thing that I want to be more on top of that I realize that I have been doing that. Yeah, totally. I think the awareness of, like you said, seeing the sheet laid out at a glance is really powerful. For me, I tended to go to bed at the same time, but I noticed that because I don't have a, anything that I necessarily have to wake up for every single day, depending on what I had going on on a given day, my wake up time could fluctuate by anywhere from like 15 minutes to an hour even. So that's something I wanna notice because it kind of went in like a V shape. It started off waking up early at the beginning of the week, I was excited and then it kind of like fell a little bit. And then by the end of the week, I was waking up early again. So that's just something I wanna be more aware of and being more consistent with like my alarms and actually waking up when my alarm goes off. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I totally agree that the awareness is probably the biggest thing and Um, I know that one thing that you had mentioned on the episode when we were talking about doing this experiment was that you were worrying that observing the thing was going to change the thing being observed. (laughs) Um, And I think for my part, for better or for worse, it didn't change um, what I did. I, I kind of almost wish that it had. I wish that I had been on better behavior because I was tracking my time. But unfortunately, I was on just as bad or good behavior as I would be on any other given week. So I think it still has a lot to, to offer me in terms of takeaways, which is, which is a good thing. I don't think that mine really influenced uh, my behavior either, but part of me also knows that, um, 
like there's less accountability in terms of like we're not handing this in to someone right I can right. imagine I can imagine if there was like a life coach or somebody that I had to report to and like <laughs> gave them this thing that maybe it would have had more influence on how I led my week um, but it's good I think it means that there's a truer representation of how I choose to spend my time as a result yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that Laura Vanderkam mentions, and I got this from another book of hers that I actually listened to on audiobook last week, which is called I Know How She Does It, and it's how successful women make the most of their time. So these are all like high-achieving women, uh, high-earning women with families. And she sort of looks at their time logs and realizes that they do fit in a lot more than they think they do. Um, and how that can be a really happy surprise for a lot of us who think, oh, I couldn't have that big career and have a family. And she kind of shows how these women do it. And it was very interesting. But one thing that I love from both of her books is that she says that it's important to look at the whole mosaic. So she calls these time tracking sheets mosaics um, because they're made up of little tiles, right? Of different ways that you spend your time. So she says it's important to look at the whole mosaic overall instead of any given day. And I think that that is huge. Um, First of all, I totally agree. Like the whole is always greater than the sum of its parts. So maybe you feel like you're having a weird day when you're not exercising or you didn't eat very well. But then when you look at the week as a whole, you're gonna see a lot more positivity. At least I did. Even just in one week, I was really surprised, like happily surprised with some things, unhappily surprised with a few other things. But in general, like, pretty pretty positive right and i just love the idea that we have to think of our weeks or our months in chunks instead of just thinking about okay what did i do on this given day maybe i wasn't as productive as i wanted to be in my personal or professional life so i love i love that overall idea Mm -hmm. yeah i think there was a quote by jamie varon that i read recently she's this writer and i follow her on instagram and i love her account um but she talks about how like we're not machines Like, sometimes we're not on, and we can't just instantaneously turn ourselves on. Like, sometimes we just have down days, Um, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even down seasons. I Mm -hmm. uh, Melody Beattie's inspiration for today was about how you should honor the seasons, both in the world and in your own life. Um, Sorry, today meaning Monday, the... 21st when we're recording this um so if you have journey to the heart you can flip back and read it because it was really inspiring um but yeah i totally agree with that and i think that that's why in laura vanderkam's work sometimes she asks people to send her um time tracking sheets like six months apart i think this could be a really interesting activity to do six months from now laura because we could maybe see how we were in a given season then um, when we did this time tracking week just recently versus how we would be in uh, in another season of our lives. So that's something to think about too on a greater scale. Totally. And there's kind of that metaphorical season and also the literal seasons, right? It's, yeah. win- it's winter now here. I'm going to venture that if we did this in June, I would be outside a lot more than what mm-hmm. is shown in my tracking sheet. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And for me, even though it's 
not, it doesn't feel like winter. I think that I still, my body still, my body and my brain still follow some kind of season. I haven't really figured out exactly what it is yet. Um, but I think I am moving into more of a spring in the last few weeks than I had been in the previous couple of months, even though I wasn't in a climate that was like wintry. I think just like professionally, I was feeling like I was more in a winter season. And now I feel like I'm more in a spring season. Things are opening up. So it's interesting. And I think that's something that I want to keep in mind when Mm -hmm. I start to get too down about a given day or a given week in the life, (laughs) thinking (laughs) about the more holistic view. Um, But let's talk about some specific like takeaways that we got. So you already mentioned your one about your bedtime, but did you add up roughly how many hours you're sleeping? And were you happy with that number? My sleep is pretty good. My, um, based on the week, it worked out to 7.85 hours a day. So just under eight hours a night, which is pretty, I mean, I'm one of those people that I know that I will be miserable the next day if I don't get a full night's sleep. Um, not only because I'm tired, but also because like having sleep taken away from me is like a huge injustice in my mind. (laughs) So, um, I've always been pretty good about making sure that I get enough sleep. And, um, I was actually surprised that it was under eight hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think part of the reason was that one night that I mentioned that I stayed up to watch two movies, I think it (laughs) brought my total down a bit, but overall I was really happy with my sleep. What about you? Yeah, me too. I slept an average of eight hours a night, almost exactly. I think it was like on the nose, 56 hours in the week. Is that Mm -hmm. the right number? Yeah, 56. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, and so I was really happy with that. But also for me, that's like pretty um, expected. I I was expecting that. Um, I think that that may have had to do with my bedtime and wake up time differing depending on the day. Um, if I went to bed a little bit later, then I definitely woke up a little bit later. Um, and so I think that I always kind of average up to eight. So I was happy to see that I was doing it though, because I, um, I don't know, I wasn't sure there was a couple late nights there when I stayed up reading or stayed up watching TV or something. And I was worried that that was maybe cutting into my sleeping, but it wasn't. So Mm -hmm. that's good. Um, one thing that I was really unhappy with though that I have to share, um, I don't have to share it, but I want to share it, um, was that I spent more time on social media than I did reading, which is just way too much. Like, that's just not okay. Me too. Me too. One of my huge, oh, you too? Yeah. It's like reading is one of my biggest values, you know, spending my time learning. And yet I read less than I went on social media. Um, I like, I did more creative activities than I did social media. If I count like doing the podcast and doing my blog and the painting that I did that week and things like that. So that I was happy with, but the reading, I wish that that number had been higher. And I definitely realize now that that's something I'm going to have to prioritize a bit more because the social media just like snuck in in those little 15 minute increments that I had to write it down that I was actually on Facebook. And I know I'm still doing it. I'm sure I did it today, um, which is something I'm going to talk about later in the episode, but that really disappointed me. And I think that, like you said, like it sneaks in. I think that Mm -hmm. reading and social media have this different nature that you don't accidentally find yourself reading a book. Um, (laughs) Like, the only time that happens to me is if I'm at a bookstore trying to figure out what to buy and I accidentally start reading a book. But 
social media, it's like, oh, I'll just check for five minutes or for mm-hmm. 30 seconds. And what happens is you end up getting caught up on it, like maybe reading articles and stuff that other people have posted. And before long, I mean, the genius that Laura Vanderkam had to include to include 15 minute increments means that you can't just write it off an accidental 15 minutes on something right (laughs) if it was an hour you could say oh yeah I spent the hour doing this but if you have to say like what did I really do in this 15 minutes oh I was on Facebook um (laughs) you kind of have to be true to that yeah um but I was the same I it looks like from my chart that I spent about three times the amount on social media that I did oh sorry I grouped social media and tv together but I spent about three times the amount uh that I did reading Hmm. Yeah. I I think I spent, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I think I spent like three hours more on social media than I did on reading. It was like five hours, five and a half hours reading and eight and a half hours. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. It makes me so embarrassed. Okay. But okay. On a more positive note, I did spend a surprising number of hours on anything I considered exercise. I spent like eight and a half hours exercising in the week, which is nuts. Amazing. <laughs> like, I did not expect that. And part of that is because we have like a two hour yoga class on Saturday mornings that I go to every week and I have to help out with. And I counted any time that I was walking from home to like the cafe or the grocery store. Um, And so those added up, but I actually had to check that number like two or three times because I think of myself as someone who just doesn't exercise that much. And it's always something I'm worrying about and wanting to do more of. And I looked at that number and I was like really happy about it. And it didn't even feel like I was doing a lot. There was like a few yoga classes during the week, a couple long walks. Um, I walked around like a shopping mall for like three hours one day or something like that. I don't know. Um, So it added up. But um, but yeah, so I was pretty, pretty impressed with that. Pretty happy with that. How about you? What what takeaways did you have about exercise? Um, so my exercise number did not include any walking or, and I also didn't include the time that I teach because usually I'm not, even if I'm on my feet when I teach, I'm not, uh, actively doing the majority of the practice. So I didn't include any of that. And I actually was surprised that my number came out to six hours for the week. Um, and it's true. It's just sort of the things that I enjoy that I didn't realize add up as physical activity because I don't think of it as the same way as like having to go exercise, right? It's um, Mm -hmm. a few yoga classes, a couple pole classes and playing hockey. And there's like, um, and there's my exercise. Uh, I I didn't include that other stuff, the walking and the teaching and stuff, because I do think that I, in terms of what my goals are, I'd like to see my lifestyle in general lean towards the more active rather than sedentary. Um, so I'd love for it to be a given that I'm moving more than more than I'm dedicating to exercise time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what did you file like walking somewhere under then? Uh, okay, mine, <laughs> my, chart, <laughs> my chart's not really a science. So yeah, I didn't, 
I didn't really <laughs> factor it in. Most I think of my you walking. Should. I mean, like, I understand the thing about teaching and yeah. um and I totally agree. Like when I'm teaching the class on Saturday mornings, which I wasn't that week, then I don't really do it. But on the other days when Paolo's teaching, I'm like demonstrating and assisting and stuff. Um but yeah, walking from place to place is totally activity. Mm-hmm. I think you should oh, count definitely. it. Your number would be great. <laughs> it's already great. Um yeah, so let's talk about creativity because I think you mentioned that you were you were happy with your creativity numbers. Yeah, um, on average, I spent just under two hours a day on creativity, and I know that that's I, it's a little bit more concentrated um, because there are some days that I sort of get really caught up in my hand lettering and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also grouped my passion projects like guinea pig and green. So time that you and I spent recording for guinea pig and green. Um, and also time that I spent working on my website, little black leggings. Um, Mm -hmm. I filed all of that under creativity. So anything that was a passion project that I'm doing that's separate from work, um, went there. Um, and yeah, so just under two hours a day, I was really happy with that because I think that's a commitment that type of dedication yeah. to stuff adds up. And I'm so I'm really happy with that. Pleasantly surprised too. Yeah, my number was similar. I think I had like nine and a half hours or something like that on creativity for the week, including all the stuff that we do for Getting Pig and Green, which is not always glamorous, like, you know, uploading things to our hosting platform or editing the podcast, but it still is something that I love to do. So it was really exciting. Um, if I count like all of those things together, creativity was like my third highest number for how I spent my time during the week. I think the previous two were like sleep and um, possibly social media or exercise. Um, so yeah, it's exciting, really exciting. Good, yeah. to, good to see that confirmation. All right. Um, any other broad things that you realized from your, from your ca- tracking calendar, your mosaic? Yeah, definitely. Um, One thing that I wanted to start incorporating more of was I wanted to take some time every week to kind of look forward. Um, I realized that a lot of my time was spent like just doing things that were in the now, um, more or less. Like obviously there's projects for work that I'm working on that are going to be coming up or um, things for getting pink and green, but it's still like in the immediate future. And so I think I wanted to, to spend some time like um thinking about like we were talking about at the top of the show big ideas things for the next like few to several months um things that i want to start doing or implementing thinking about new opportunities that i could do for work or for my personal life and just sort of like planning things out because i have this tendency to just sort of stay in the now and then i don't have as much time built into my schedule to be like looking forward and being like what concert do i want to go to this summer or is there a race i want to do um that's not something that comes naturally to me so that was something that i realized that i really need to incorporate a bit more of intentionally in my schedule yeah that's a good one i'm a little bit like that too in that things just creep up on me and i'm like oh my god was that this weekend I totally, right? And um, yeah, so I'd love to be more intentional with planning things out without the underlying fear that, oh my gosh, what if something comes up and I'm actually busy? I can't commit to something that early. Um, Yeah. Because planning ahead does mean that you end up getting to do the things that you really do value and really do want to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's so true. Um, One other thing that's sort of similar is that I realized that I need to develop 
like some kind of mindset or go-to, I guess you call it like a strategy Mm -hmm. for when I have unexpected time or for leisure time. Because if I don't have certain things that I have not like necessarily planned down to the minute, like this is what we need to do when we have free time. But if I don't have anything in mind, my default is social media, or if I'm watching a certain show, I just get into like mindless watching. I'll just like watch the next episode, which is fine if I'm like cooking or something. But if I have a stretch of a couple hours where I haven't really thought out, what would I really like to do with that time? Then I'll kind of finish cooking, watch the, the TV while I'm eating, and then just maybe watch another episode or two just cause it's there. Um, and so having some kind of mindset or idea a list of ideas of things that I could do when I have a few hours um, or even not even a few hours just a few minutes that could really really help me like similarly having always a book on the go or having one on the list next where I'm like okay I'm gonna read this next because if I don't give myself that title then I won't be as motivated to think to 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 read a book I'll just be like oh okay let's just check Facebook for the 100th time today. (laughs) Yeah. I really like that you mentioned that because I noticed that too, in that there is such a spectrum in terms of what we value in our leisure time. Um, in that it's considered leisure to meet with a friend for a cup of coffee, but it's also leisure to watch a TV show. And one of those things brings me so much more happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, and also makes me feel like not that I accomplished more, but that I spent my time better. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about this past weekend. Uh, We didn't have anything planned Saturday afternoon. And Mike and I ended up going to a cafe to hang out instead of hanging out at our apartment. And for some reason, even though it's the same person and even the same activities, like we both both bought books and I brought my hand lettering um, tools so that I could practice my hand lettering and stuff, even though it's the same activities that we maybe would have done at our apartment, it just felt so much more intentional when we made that decision to get out and and go put time towards those things and be together like that. Yeah. And that's the word I was going to use when you were using that, um, when you were giving that example is that it definitely is, you need to put a bit more intention into it. Like you mentioned getting coffee with a friend versus watching TV. Well, one of those things is going to bring you more joy, but it's the same thing that's also going to require a little bit more planning. Like you don't have to plan to sit down on the couch and watch TV for three hours, Mm -hmm. but you do have to like communicate with your friend and figure out a place to go. And it does take a little bit more effort, but it's something that Laura Vanderkam talks about a lot in her books, which is that we need to use um, our planning skills and our like intentionality to create the memories and the things that we want to do. Because it's so easy to just go back to our default setting if we don't have something planned out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was surprising to me how easy it is. You know, yeah. <laughs> you think like, you know, you think the best that it's, it's you know, you're going to do something great this weekend. But unless you really think about what that is you want to do and make the necessary arrangements, all of a sudden it's going to be 2 p.m. and you can't do the thing that you really wanted to do. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally, I totally mm-hmm. see that. And I think that that is something I want to get better at doing. I'm trying to get better at doing it. Um, but that kind of ties in with the planning ahead, right? Taking some time each week. Um, I think in her book, Laura Vanderkam talks about like planning for the weekend on a Wednesday. So you can start to think about like, what are the things that you want to do this weekend? What kinds of things do I need to do to prepare? Um, yeah. And how, how to make it happen. Awesome. One more, um, takeaway that I wanted to mention from my mosaic 
is that it was a very obvious representation that I'm very active on the days that I don't go to the office. And right now, I, with my current work arrangement, I spend three days at the office, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and mm-hmm. I do all of my physical exercise on the fringe days. So Friday through Monday is when I'm active. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesdays through Thursdays, I'm almost completely inactive. Unless something <laughs> specific is scheduled, like I have to be at the yoga studio for some reason. Um, right. And I don't know what it is. And it's definitely a trend that isn't new. It, uh, I think that it was something that affected me as well when I was, work- when I was in the office five days a week. Um, which mm-hmm. is that I had very active weekends um, and pretty inactive work weeks. And I think what it is is I end up not planning things for the evening or I think that what's going to be the most restorative for me after a day at the office is having nothing planned where I can just mm-hmm. sit on the couch. Um, but yeah, so that was something that became really obvious when I tracked it and that I want to do something about it. Like, I want to be more intentional about planning physical activity Tuesdays through Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could also look at it in the mosaic. I mean, at least you're getting a great amount of exercise on the other days. Um, but I guess it's about how you're going to feel after the end of those days. Like, mm-hmm. if you feel fine that you're getting your exercise on other days, then that's fine. But if you feel a bit, like, groggy and not motivated to do other things then yeah definitely something to look at but I love the idea of like that you could look at it in that whole perspective and Mm -hmm. see that pattern yeah exactly it's so easy to say oh I spent this amount of time exercising and on average that means I did this much a day and I'm happy with that (laughs) Um, but then I could also look at my own chart with the perspective like I was inactive for three days in a row I should probably do something about that because Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Yeah. I love these kinds of activities to just shed some light and some awareness on what we're doing. Um, I think that that's sort of the most valuable part. Like there's just so many things that you can notice in a given week. Um, like <laughs> how easy it is to be mindless and how, you know, sometimes challenging it is to be intentional. So I love that we did this experiment. I would encourage any of our listeners to try it themselves. All of the resources we will link to in the show notes, but definitely check out Laura Vanderkam's books on her website and try it for yourself because I think that it's a really helpful exercise and it could help anybody to spend their time a little bit better. Great talking to you, Steph. Yeah, as always. Um, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. If you have any questions for us, you can leave them at guineapeggreen.com or on Twitter at Green Guinea Pigs or on Facebook. Um, we love hearing from you as always. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.